You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Sheree Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. Episode 17 of season three, in fact. I cannot believe we are 17 episodes in. I want to thank you guys, as I always do when I begin the show, for all of your support, for listening, for watching the episodes now as they get posted on YouTube. We're really trying to expand this, uh, this show and bring you guys the best content possible so thank you all for the support i got the chance to chat with a renaissance man of sorts he's a pro football player but he's also one of the lead characters in season two of bmf unbelievable without giving too much away his name is trey rogers and that's all i'm going to tell you the rest you'll find out in just a few seconds take a listen I told him before we started rolling, I'm calling him his government name one time. All right. That name is Chester Rogers, but he is affectionately known as Trey. He's a multi-talented athlete, actor, and entrepreneur. He's also part of season two of one of my favorite shows right now on Stars, BMF. He's stepping into the role of Sterling Black, which we'll talk about. The head of the PA is a street game in Detroit that's become a very important ally to BMF. We got a lot to discuss because I'm trying to figure out how he gets everything done and gets sleep at night. Without further ado, Trey, what's going on? What's up, what's up? Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank it you. is my pleasure. So before I dive into BMF, I must ask you, what is it about multitasking that excites you? Because I'm trying to figure out how are you playing professional football, acting, we got entrepreneurship in there. Is there anything else I'm missing here? Oh, man. <laughs> everything. I mean, I don't know what I mean. I'm, I'm a father also, so... Um... You know, I wear a lot of different hats, but um, the thing with just multitasking is I never wanted to be the one they put in the box. Because mm. you know, um, God blessed me with so many different talents, and uh, I just want to utilize them. I think not utilize them is disrespecting Him. So yeah. uh, any opportunity I'm given, I want to take full advantage of. Where did you learn to move in the mantra of no one's going to box me in? Was there anybody that exemplified that for you growing up? Um, I would say too um, throughout my career. Uh, Everybody know LeBron James and the movie he has going on yeah. with more than an athlete. So um, him creating that platform, it just gave me, you know, the more confidence. To, okay, let me let me step into that light. Like, um, I'm not just a football player. I have so many different other talents, like acting. Let me, like, embrace that instead of putting it on the back burner. Yeah. And then I had another uh, teammate um, with the coach. You know, when I first got there, his name is Pat McAfee. Okay. And he's one of the, you know, top <laughs> podcasters out here. And one thing about Pat, he was my locker, uh, my next-door locker mate, Um he was just the life. Um, I knew he wanted to be a commentator because they would come in and interview him, and they would never even talk about sports. He would just wow entertainment. <laughs> he got fines. I mean, he got everything just because he was, he was who he was, and he never let them put him in a box. And he ended up retiring, and I don't know if you know his story. I'm, I'm giving all the love to Pat right now, but he ended up signing, like, a crazy amount, you know, contract with uh, Barstools and his mm. podcast. So it just worked out for him. So I would definitely say those two. Wow, wow. That's really, that's really interesting. What is an average day for you like? 
I'm, this is pure curiosity. As a, from one multitasker to another, what is an average day like for you? Well, it depends. It depends on, you know, where I'm at, you know, at the time, whether I'm in a season or if I'm, like, in off-season right now, which I really don't get off-seasons. But right now, yeah. uh, since the show had popped off, it's hard for me to really plan anything because something's always coming up. Yeah. So I try to get up. I try to get a, a workout in. I go box. Um, I come home. I might have a few Zoom meetings. I might have a few interviews. Uh, and I got to find time, to, you know, to keep my diet and, you know, just to – Spend time with my son and family, so uh, it's kind of all over the place right now. Yeah, I'm trying to you know relearn because I was on such a set schedule when I was just playing football. Yeah, it's kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, you mentioned more than being more than an athlete a little while ago, and and for you was how was that transition into acting? Because I know a lot of times people do try to put athletes in a box, and they say, "What you mean you trying to act? What's wrong with you? Are you trying to rap? Like what are you right. doing?" Did you ever come up against any of that, or were you more you know moving in a way where people were pretty supportive overall? Yeah, because um, I never let it, you know, become a conflict with my schedule. Like, a lot of people didn't even know that I, I, I had filmed an entire TV show during my offseason. Wow. And they still don't know. You know, um, it's kind of it's coming out now. So, um, being that I didn't let it conflict, I don't think it was received negatively. Like, everybody's, yeah. like, embracing it. They're so happy. And there's a lot of people in the league that's like, why are you still playing? Like, they want to do what I'm doing. They're yeah. like, why are you still here? I'm like, because I love it. You know, I'm doing both right now because I'm having fun. So. Mm. How does being a pro athlete assist you in your acting? Um, it taught me how to, you know, be a professional. Um, when I when I when I came on set, I was the true professional. I'm on time. Mm -hmm. I'm know my lines. You know, I'm not gonna complain about much because I've seen, you know, way worse. You know, I'm not coming here on no Hollywood stuff. I'm gonna humble yeah. myself. And even when I came on the set, like I didn't come on the set as, you know, Chester Rogers, a football player. Yeah. Again, a lot of them didn't even know I played football because I wanted them to accept me as the actor. Mm. You know, I wanted them to accept Trey. Yeah. And they didn't find out that I played football until at the end where I gifted, like, all my cast members and, you know, my producers and writers. I gifted them um, footballs, personalized game footballs. Oh, wow. And that's kind of how <laughs> it came out that I played football. <laughs> they were like, what's wrong with this dude? Yeah, it was, they, Give me a football for it. it made, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did your role come about in BMF? What was that process like for you? That uh, process, um, it's something that just kind of organically happened. Um I always said I was going to get back into acting after I retired. But uh, just one day, you know, um, networking, I was able to shoot my resume yeah. you know, to one of the producers. You know, just crossing my fingers, hoping that it would get to a casting director. And about two weeks later, I got an email for the audition for Sterling Black. Wow. And um, I had 48 hours. I was in Houston, Texas. I was with my son. And I had 48 hours to get back and turn this in. I had to get wardrobe. I had to do my self-tape. Mind you, it's been 18 years. So me and my mom, we went back to 05 when I was 10. It just, it was like, you know, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was second nature. So um, then I ended up landing the role after a few callbacks. It happened pretty fast, honestly. After I turned my audition in about an hour later, that's when the talks came up. They're like, hey, are you available for these dates? Wow. I was talking to Lil Meech. Yeah. Miles Truett. Talked to Layla as well about just the pressures of a season two. And Lil Meech said something that I thought was pretty interesting. He said, you know, we have to show that season one wasn't a fluke right. because it was so successful, because it created this wave. Did you feel any pressure coming in, you know, this season and really helping to solidify a series that I think is going to be around for a long, long time? Um, I wouldn't say pressure just off of that. Um, I've been in way other different situations where it required pressure. This was, yeah. this was, this was kind of easy. I think the pressure was just making sure that we told the story the right way you know, mm -hmm. because we're playing like real characters. So that pressure, like I want to, you know, the guy that I'm playing, the head of the PAs, I want to, you know, make him proud. I want to make yeah. the entire BMF crew proud. So that's the pressure I would say I have. Yeah. Let's talk about your character a little bit. 
for people who may be unfamiliar with BMF or just on season one because y'all haven't kept up, so you behind <laughs> on DVR. You know, describe your character. And also, is there any part about who you play that you can look and say, man, I, I can kind of see myself in, in him a little bit? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I, I play Sterling Black, as I, uh, you know, just introduced this last episode. Um, and as you're going to see, because it was, it was a quick clip where I'm getting introduced, but as you see, as the show continues to evolve, my character is pretty much like the muscle. You know, mm. if you want something, hap- you know, handled, somebody out of, out of line, I'm, you know, they violate, you know, I'm going to demonstrate. And they call Sterling Black, you know, anytime that happens. Um, yeah. So with that, I think the things that I could relate to with my characters is loyalty. Because mm. I came into the, the picture so late, so it wasn't blood, it wasn't years of friendship. It was just yeah. real situations that me and Meech and Terry that we go through that, mm-hmm. you know, bring about that family bond. You talk about real situations. That was another thing that was brought up by the other BMA cast members, BMF cast members that I talked about talked to. They said this this season really explores mental health and you know different things that we didn't necessarily see as much of in season one. Was there a particular topic that really was touched on this season that really stuck with you even after you guys filmed? Um, I wasn't a part of season one, but for me, like just seeing that brotherhood. Mm-hmm. in that that bond and it was just like it's us against the world you know yeah. we're gonna make sure that we're good that's kind of like what i felt throughout the entire season yeah what do you love more and i know this <laughs> tough question but i have to i have to ask you because i you know i'm in this industry now but i loved basketball more than anything at one point right. for you do you have equal love for acting in football which is fine mm-hmm. or does one weigh a little bit more than the other well truthfully it's like i would say um the process of getting ready is, is is less, you know, stressful. Yeah. In acting than it is for football, you know, uh, you know the long schedules, the practicing, yeah. your body. That's that's that breaks you down. But again, playing in front of seventy thousand people mm-hmm. on Sundays is like that's an experience you can't even, you know. Yeah. Can you you know make up? But on the other flip side, I love the process of acting. I love the, everything about it. You know, it's it's hard to really pick one or the other. Yeah. So I know as athletes in, you know, in the offseason, there's always a challenge that we post ourselves to work on something in particular, maybe right. more than one thing, to get better at to go into the next season. Right. For you, what's one facet of your game you want to improve on moving into next season? We're talking about football. Football. Oh, football. football um, really just my body. I'm getting older. I'm going to mm-hmm. year eight. So um, the things that I used to do, I can't do anymore. I got to switch up my regimen, my training, and, you know, and just be more disciplined because my schedule is changing. I'm on on set for 16 hours. Yeah. I got to, you know, I got to bring a trainer on set now. Mm. I got to bring my, you know, my, my chef. You know, I got to just be more disciplined and more sacrifices. So that's what I'm kind of yeah. changing. Yeah. You mentioned eight years in the league, and we know safety has been a big topic around the NFL for many, many years, even more so now with what happened um, with, with DeMar Hamlin. For you, you know, seeing what's happening with the game, how it's evolving, how players are getting stronger and faster, do you have any concerns as you, you know, you're tenured in this league? Mm-hmm. And if you do, what? How are you addressing those those concerns around just you staying physically fit, making sure your health, all that good stuff? Well, I think just after seeing that situation with Demar, uh, I think it needs to accelerate the conversation of getting guaranteed contracts. Yeah. For, for us, you know, because it's only a small percentage that has guaranteed contracts. And now that I'm a father, and I know that my son's going to play one day, I, I hope that you know it's in place by then because you know it's just it's just different, man. We put our lives on the line every single time we step on the field. So for me. We need to accelerate the conversation of guaranteed contracts and safety. So let me ask you this, Trey. How how challenging is it for you being a father, playing a game that's very dangerous, 
knowing that this isn't in place right now? Is that something that you just have to continuously dismiss? Or is that top of mind for you more often than not? Um, I mean, it's, you can only control what you can control. Yeah. You know, we can, all we can do is fight. All we can do is come together with the NFLPA and, and just continue to pitch this for the CBA. So, um, like I said, I, I hope, you know, years from now, if he decides to take that journey that is in place, but even mm-hmm. for everybody else's kid, it's something that truly needs to be put in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, the Chester Rogers Trace Family Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's so great how you have athletes like yourself, actors like yourself, paying it forward. So for you, you know, what are you, what are you first doing with your organization, but also what do you hope to do and how do you hope to be supported as you move forward? Well, it really, um, I've always, you know, given back, you know, uh, that's just something that was instilled in me from my parents at a young age. But uh, Trace Family Foundation really came to life back, uh, I want to say 2016 when I first made it to the league. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, I, I walked on to Grambling State University. Wow. And I was undrafted. So after I made, you know, I made the team, I played a full year, I created a scholarship, you know, to pay for walk-ons, you mm. know, semester wow. or whatever. So that's how we started off, but then it turned into book bag drives, food drives during COVID, um, just, you know, a lot of different things, just giving back. So that's really what my platform is uh, with Trace Foundation. Okay, so let's take a step back because this is interesting. (laughs) I'm sure you heard more often than not, dude, give it up. Mm -hmm. You talk about walking onto an HBCU program, and ultimately now you're eight years in in the NFL. It's... Pretty much unheard of. How do you fight through that type of, I guess resistance would be the word that comes to mind for me. And and, and not self-doubt, but potential doubt from others who look at walking on, man, whatever, you going to NFL, how? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> for me, it was like it was no way I was going to let man, you know, deter me from my dreams. You know, what God has for you, he has for you. Yeah. And I just kept that mindset. It's like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to let this coach, you know, trick me out of my position. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm going to let this dude beat me out of my spot. So I just always kept that same mindset each and every year because they were trying to replace me every chance they could. I wow. wasn't drafted. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a scholarship. So every year it was a fight for me. It's still a mm-hmm. fight. Well, you, we're fighting the good fight. You're fighting it well. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk HBC football a little bit. You know, Deion Sanders moving on. He did a great job at Jackson State, moved on to uh, Colorado. And then everything that's happening at Bethune-Cookman right now is crazy. Right. Um, for you as a former HBCU football player, what say you to just the state of HBCU football right now? And where do you hope it goes moving forward? Well, um, this fight started back in for, – for me, it started back, I want to say, 2000 and. 14, uh, when I was with Grambling State University, we went on strike. We went on strike because our, of our playing conditions, mm-hmm. um, our coaches. It was just a lot. Uh, Doug Williams was my, my coach. Uh, so when we went on strike, that's when we started to see, like, improvements. We got a new coach. We got money. We got a new locker room because it was so many different different things that were yeah. being ignored until we brought it to the spotlight. Absolutely. You can't hide it when it's on ESPN, right? Right. So um, to see, you know, Dion come in with Jackson State and bring that spotlight, to see what's happening with Bethune-Cookman, it's like people trying to put it on the rug or say he's wrong. He's not. All that is going on. Everything he's saying is going on is wrong, and it should be addressed, and they got to fix it ASAP because we got to be able to compete with the PWIs. It's, yeah. it's plain and simple. If not, these kids are not going to come. I wouldn't send my kid there if he got to share helmets. You know what I mean? So, um so, yeah, I'm all supportive of it. Like, we got to put it out there. You seem to be very outspoken, which I love and enjoy. Um, 
what do you say to the risk of speaking out? Because we we see we just saw a coach lose his whole job, right. presumably, arguably, allegedly, for speaking out on conditions that we're finding are very real. You know, how do you how do you balance like, okay, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna chill on this? Because there are real issues that do need real conversation around them, but it seems that it's very difficult sometimes to have these conversations because of the repercussions. Um, and having them. I mean, it's a time and place for everything to say. You just got to know when and where to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and you got to be able to stand in with, on what you believe on. For me, it's like I'm willing to, you know, risk my job to, to stand on there if it's, if it's going to make a difference in everybody's life. If you're willing to do that, hats off to you. That's what Ed Reed is doing. He's willing to stand on that because, you know, he's not afraid of what they can take from him. Yeah. So for me, that's why I'm outspoken. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. I can't leave. I can't let you leave without talking about it. Let's do it. Who you got and why? <laughs> Super Bowl. I'm going Philly, man. I'm going Philly. Mm. Uh, I got a lot of ties in Philly, man, from Nick Sirianni, the head coach. He was my OC. Really, that whole coaching staff was with me in Indianapolis. A.J. Brown, that's my boy. That's my brother. A lot of, a lot of the players, that was my old teammates. So I'm riding with Philly. All right. All right. Well, Trey, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for the conversation. How can people stay connected with all the things you're doing? Guys, BMF is every Friday night. I, I don't know what else you're on stars. I don't know what else you could be doing on a Friday night. I'm watching faithfully. Understand me. Every Friday night. So you need to be watching as well. And the cool thing is there's a documentary as well. So the BMF documentary. I encourage you to watch that. Catch up on season one. Let's dive into season two. Make sure you check out Trey and support him. How can they stay connected with you on social media as well, Trey? Social media. Uh, Instagram is trip with three P's. T-R-I-P-P-P. And then uh, on Twitter is Trey Rogers underscore. Trey, all the best on the field, in front of the camera, behind the camera. Thank you so much for the conversation. I really, really, really enjoyed my time with Trey. And I was really just inspired by how multifaceted he is, how he just pushes through and does what he needs to do. And his openness and willingness to share and talk about topics that a lot of individuals in his position are not talking about they're choosing not to talk about so in everything that we discussed you know I did have a a thought that I was left with and and it's really pretty simple you really have to march to the beat of your own drummer there were so many instances that Trey noted over the course of his career and his life where doubt was right at the front door knocking you know anytime you're talking about walking on to a football team, let alone an HBCU football team. Somebody's going to tell you you're crazy. And then from there, you say you're going to be in the NFL and somebody else is going to be there to tell you you're crazy. And then from there, you say, hey, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to play in the NFL and somebody's going to tell you you're crazy. But if you look even at Trey's life, you talk about walking on to an HBCU football program eight years into the NFL right now, and now he is being featured on season two of BMF. Anything is possible. So as we kick off Black History Month, as we close out the first month of of this year, I just encourage you guys, no matter where you stand after January, (laughs) no matter what happened last month, just know that if you continue to push forward and you believe in the plans and the purposes that God has for your life and you, you push through regardless of the resistance, great things, they're not probable. They are possible and they will happen for you. So just be encouraged. And if you have people around you that don't believe in your dreams, that don't believe in the things you're trying to do, that you believe your purpose to do, get away from those people. It's just that simple. 
Get away from those people. And that may mean that you spend some time alone. And that's okay too. Use that time to continue to build, to grow, and to invest in yourself. You really can do anything. Anything you put your mind to. Anything that you believe God for, you can do it. So that's my word for you guys. That's my thought, I guess, too. (laughs) Just a thought. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sheree Nicole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Just a thought, just a thought, it's my opinion, it's just a thought, just a thought, get out your feelings. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.